during Advent, a time of our collective waiting and preparation for the coming of Christ, a handful of parishioners joined me for our adult forums to discuss the birth narratives found in the Gospels. We read from the narratives in Luke and Matthew, which share similar details regarding Jesus' birth. In Luke, Jesus comes to us as a baby, born in Bethlehem to Mary and Joseph. You'll recall that an angel of the Lord visits the shepherds and tells them that the infant Christ has been born. The shepherds travel to see this baby for themselves, and once they have done so, they spread the word far and wide. The birth of Jesus Christ, as described in Luke, is the dominant and most well-known version of the Nativity, and it's the version that we thoroughly enjoy every year at Christmas on Christmas Eve with our children's pageant. And I think you'll agree with me that this year's pageant was no exception. Matthew's account of Jesus' incarnation is slightly different from Luke's. Matthew also tells us that the baby Jesus is born in Bethlehem, but after the birth, it is the wise men from the east, not the shepherds, who, guided by a star, came to worship the baby. We did not discuss the Gospel of Mark, where there is no information provided on Jesus' birth or his incarnation. And today, today we hear from John, John's version of Jesus' incarnation. Unlike Matthew and Luke, there is no infant lying in the manger. Today's story has no shepherds watching their flocks, no angels singing in the night sky, no star, no visitation by the Magi. No, John's gospel is profoundly different. In today's reading, we transcend the ordinary birth narratives found in Luke and Matthew. Not just a historical account, today's lesson takes us into the very mystery and significance of God incarnate. God is not simply a baby born in a manger. Instead of a nativity account, John's opening chapter tells us something else about Jesus coming into the world. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him and without him. Not one thing came into being. These opening verses of John's Gospel take us to the very heart of creation, to a time before time where the divine word existed in perfect unity with God, was God. Jesus was with God in the beginning. The word existed before the beginning of time existed before the world began, existed before anything was created. The Word, the Christ, was with God and was God. John's Gospel continues. A true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world, and the Word became flesh and lived among us. God, who spoke creation into existence, now takes on human form, and the word became flesh and lived among us. We move from the heart of creation to the heart of incarnation. The divine word, God, entering into humanity to reveal God's presence. God came into the world for us. The creator dwelled among the created. 
John's description of God entering into our human existence to be one of us is profoundly intimate. God in the person of Jesus Christ chose to share in our humanity, to connect with us, to experience our joys and our sorrows, to share in our glimmers of light and in our hours of darkness. He is also the source of revelation and grace for humankind. He is the true light which enlightens everyone, reflecting God's glory in the world, full of grace and truth. This true light described by John shines a light in our own hearts and in our lives and in the shadows of the broken world where we live. In him was life and the light and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness does not overcome it. This light from God, which is Christ himself, pierces through the darkness of our world. This light offers hope and salvation this light reminds us that hope persists. And as members of God's shared humanity, we emanate this hope as we radiate the light of Christ for others. Howard Thurman, African-American theologian, educator, and civil rights leader, put it best in his poem, The Work of Christmas. He writes, when the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flocks, the work of Christmas begins. To find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among people, to make music in the heart. Our Christmas season may be short, but this is where the work of Christmas begins. The birth of Jesus reminds us that we have the power to change things for the better. We who profess Christ must also be aware that if we claim him, we represent him. We represent that light that offers hope, the light that darkness cannot overcome. It is now up to us to use that light that has been born in our hearts for our community and for the world. It is up to us to reflect the light of Christ into the dark places we see around us. This is what we are called to be and what we are called to do, to bear witness to the light and to do all in our power to help others do so as well. We do this through our interactions with one another in our pursuit of justice and peace by seeking and serving Christ, the word in all persons at all times and in all places. May your light shine ever so brightly this Christmas season and always. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.